0: Hello everybody and welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows I suppose I'm Jordan Haas I'm done talking about game shows but now I'm doing it on patreon so I guess I'm not I don't know, you're paying for me I, just, I assume this is what you want anyway so there's going to be a couple episodes back to back don't know really when the turn order is but um, one's going to be the chase the other's going to be pointless the reason for that is because it's the biggest game show battle uh, in the UK. So when it comes to UK game shows, it's kind of weird. Uh, not a lot of people, I mean, like in America, we don't really fight over game shows, if that makes sense. There's Feud, there's Wheel Jeopardy, Price, and Let's Make a Deal. That's kind of like the big five. We, we don't really like get in each other's throats of which is the best game show because that's usually what it is. Maybe wheel or jeopardy, but that's kind of, uh, choosing between, uh, having like a Cadillac and having like a 19, like a Chevy Nova or something. Like it's just not two totally separate bad things. But in the UK game shows over there are common. In fact, they make a lot of new formats every year. Uh, that's one of the, the coolest things about, I guess, UK game shows is you can expect a new game show to pop up almost magically every year in fact that's what i think allures a lot of people into uk game shows it's that quest for the great new format i mean who wants to be a millionaire came from the uk so maybe the next big format will show up from there too i mean that that's kind of i think the case for the uk for the game show fandom but because this is a paywall and I can say whatever the fuck I want, I also think the game show fandom is a bunch of obnoxious pieces of shit. They think just because it's from Britain, it must be good. And it's very anglophile and very dumb. One of the biggest problems I had doing game shows, I suppose, uh, was basically when I was going to talk about game shows. It's like, well, I want to talk about shows that people like or are memorable. Like Generation Games is memorable, but I have no anecdotes for that. Or, or or any interest and sometimes not even the game show fandom does it seems to me that a lot of the game show fandom as anglophile as they are if, because it's british it must be good they really skip on a great chunk of game shows from the uk because it's not quiz shows i think a lot of these assholes just love quiz shows nothing more nothing less so when I see a show like Hunted, where people are on the lam from the cops, I think that's fucking cool. And guess what gets picked up on CBS for a season? Hunted. Hey, guess what else gets picked up? Love Island. Maybe Take Me Out is also a big show. And guess what? None of these fucking shows I'm mentioning have anything to do with fucking quizzes. Now, now, tipping point, I like. Mastermind, I enjoy. But these are quiz shows, Americans are kind of just in this weird mess where we do not want to watch a quiz show anymore. If we watch quiz shows, we'll feel stupid, and we don't want to feel stupid. We want to feel smart. So if it's a quiz, it's going to be fifth grader or pop culture or or very quick, or, or like press your luck, where it's just kind of like, uh, what does YOLO mean? Who Wants to Be a Millionaire got canceled over here, if that makes sense. We put in syndication, and it had very low ratings. For us, the smart people go on Jeopardy and nothing else. But in the UK, so I can dissect everything right now UK game shows are almost entirely quiz based, unless it's a reality show, like a Big Brother, like an I'm a Celebrity, like an X Factor. Even Red or Black has no trivia questions. But I can think of like a bunch of quiz shows. Like, a mo- that's a good chunk. Of, of UK game shows quiz quiz in some capacity. Uh, five gold rings is find a location that answers a trivia question. Only connect. What's the piece of trivia that connects things? Mastermind, what's your specialist subject? Let's ask as many questions as we can. Uh, tipping point, answer a question and you get to uh, put a coin in the slot. Catch ball, catch the ball associated with the trivia question. Uh, millionaire answer the trivia questions to win the million money drop answer the correct answers to save your money don't forget your toothbrush light your lemon answer the questions correctly so you win the trip tenable name the 10 things that are associated in the category in a piece of trivia pointless here's some trivia questions pick the one that's the most obscure answer the most difficult and you might win Britons love quiz shows. America does not. I think it's one of the harshest lessons people need to know, but it's also one that it's like, oh, Jesus. So uh, for the game show fandom, uh, about almost a decade ago, a brand new quiz show reached ITV in the daytime formula. Around this time, game shows were kind of... I like to say in a uh, quasi uh, shit show, like like out Countdown was big. They I, and they were just kind of like, well, we can try and do Weakest Link, but let's try and find our our new great quiz show. So what you saw was like things like uh, Time Bomb or Shafted or uh, Thousand One Things You Should Know. All these little quiz shows where they're like little trivia and you answer the questions and you win like a couple thousand pounds or lose it. And they kind of just felt boring and they didn't really have much substance. BBC had a quiz show called Eggheads in which a team of, of randos have to go against a team of experts who have all won major quiz shows, such as Mastermind, or Millionaire, or 1501, because they have a care for quiz shows. We don't. We try, though, but we don't. Like, Grand Slam, no one gives a shit about Grand Slam. Game Show Network tried to turn it into an event because we love game shows. That was it. But guess what? We had 500 questions at one time for two seasons, and guess where that gave us? Nowhere. In fact, it was brought over to Britain because of their love of quiz, and it didn't even last. So maybe, just maybe, quiz shows are kind of mm, not really necessary in American formats. If we're thinking quiz shows, it's it's going to be like Twenty One or Jeopardy or Millionaire or Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? I can't really think of many other quiz like focused heavily on quiz i mean shop two drop has trivia supermarket sweep has trivia but i mean like it's a quiz show focus that people kind of recall vaguely weakest link so when we we had win benstein's money that didn't get, that's the closest we got to a beat the expert kind of show but that's about it so here is the chase the chase is for lack of a better word A beat the expert quiz show with big money and big stakes. I think The Chase personally is just an okay show, but eh, I guess I I have to explain the show. Well, I guess I should start the show exactly like how they do on the show. These four people have never met each other, but by working as a team, they have the chance to win thousands of pounds. There's only one person standing in their way. The chaser. The chase is on. Well, wow, wasn't that fun? That's mostly the show. So here's how the chase works. There's four strangers. They've never met each other, and they're going to be a team to prove uh, that they can be they can outsmart one of the biggest trivia masterminds of all time, the chaser. So they they break it up into various formats. I like to think of it in a six act structure. But others, like because it's Britain, they don't really do much commercial breaks. They they decide against it. So here is how the chase works. There's a team of four strangers. There's an expert. Your job is to get trivia questions right to make money, and then avoid wrong answers. Because if you get it wrong and the chaser gets it right, that gives them a clear advantage to catch you in the first half and in the second half the roles are reversed. So, we are introduced to our first stranger player character and we get a nice little backstory from the host and the contestant, you know, hi, I'm from ba 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 ba. Well, that's great. Then they get to do the cash builder round. The cash builder is fun because they have 45 seconds to answer as many questions as possible. For each answer that they get correct, because this is just quiz like mastermind, they get 1,000 pounds, which is pretty big money considering how most British game shows operate. 1,000 pounds. Wowee. But this can keep going as long as they keep giving correct answers, the money goes up. So 2000 3000 4000 etc. If you can get 10 and 45, that's 10,000 pounds. When time runs out, we get to play the second part, which is the chase. But who's going to be the chaser, you might wonder. Is it Mark Labette, the beast? Is it Ann Haggerty, the governess? Is it The Vixen, Jenny Ryan. Is it the Sinner Man, Paul Sinha? Is it the Dark Destroyer, Sean Wallace? Or is it going to be Dara Ennis? New Chaser, so new we don't even have a silly nickname for them. We get to see one of them enter through a giant sea, a tunnel similar to a gladiatorial arena and it's like american gladiators everyone's like "Ooh!" and then oh here is mark labette because the beast is the one that most people would recognize because if you watch the american version on game show network mark labette was the beast there but we'll get to that in just a bit So, we now put the money that you put on the cash builder on our game board. Uh, You're five steps away from banking that money. For each correct answer, you move ahead one space to get to your finish line, which will be adding to your team bank. But, if you want to, you can take offers, much like on Deal or No Deal or any other game show, to add an element of risk-reward. If you want to, you can take an easier path and only answer four questions on the game board. In doing so, the money will be a lot less. Sometimes they'll even deduct money from the bank because you're a jerk or just say no money just because the person in the team is that important. Or you can be riskier and go six questions to the finish line. In doing so, you're closer to the chaser who can eliminate you in three wrong answers versus two if you take the step back. In doing so, they will make a bigger offer. So it goes like you made six correct. That's six thousand in five. You can take a step forward, but it's 2,000 pounds or take a step back. In doing so, it is 22,000. $22,000, 6000 or 2000 Your choice. And then they talk to their team. I think you should pick the big value. You're very smart. Pick the normal. You should do, just don't pick the low amount. Whatever you think is right is great. All right. Well, here we go. I'm going to go with the something. All right. Well, we're playing for the amount. The chase is on. Dramatic lighting. And now we get to the second part. The main chase round. In this main chase, it's the player versus the chaser. Each of them gets the same trivia question with three possible answers. Like, uh, what is six squared? 24, 36, 48. And then they have to lock in A, B, or C. Uh, Once you lock in an answer, you can take your time, but once you lock in an answer, the opponent only has 10 seconds to lock in their answer. And then we get to see, like, what did you say? Blah, blah, blah. What did so-and-so say? Or other times they would do a dramatic element. You said it was A. What's the correct answer? It is A. You're moving ahead one space. What did the chaser put? The chaser also put A. So the chaser is moving ahead one space. You got to think like a board game, like seven spaces, the seven board game board. So then sometimes it's like, oh, you picked B. The correct answer is A. Oh, you have to stay put. You don't lose anything. You just don't advance spaces. What did the chaser put? The chaser put A. So the chaser is moving one space. And if this continues over and over again, it eventually becomes that chaser is one space behind you. If you get a question wrong and they get the question right, they will go to your space and therefore, quote unquote, catch you, and therefore you are eliminated from the game. Got it? Don't get wrong answers. It's basically a quiz show where you don't get wrong answers because if you get wrong and the expert gets it right, uh, you're caught. If you can make it to the end of the finish line, the money you have put as your risk offer will go to the team's total, and you get to advance to the big money final round. Then we do it all over again with the second player. Hi, I'm so-and-so. All right, here's your minute or 45 seconds. It doesn't matter anymore. I just checked. It's a minute, not 45 seconds. Shows how much I I love game shows, right? Anyway, so after a minute, hey, you got nine right. That's nine thousand. You want to take a step forward for nine hundred, or do you want to take a step back for ninety thousand, or whatever is the offer that the chaser decides? Sometimes it's double half, sometimes it's like three times and five minus. So it's like. Oh, you made one right. So, if you take a step back, you lose a thousand. If you take a step forward, me, you'll get 2000. They don't they really are mean on that show when it comes to the offers, but hey, that's kind of what the name of the game is. And they get to do it again. They get to go to the game board. You can get five correct answers or you can go four or you can go six. Just remember, the closer you are to the chaser, the easier it is for them to catch. And we keep going with Contestant 3. And guess what? We don't even change that. We do it again. Hi, I'm so-and-so. All right. And then they continue it with the little board game. Oh, you got caught, but I'm sorry you're out of the game. you leave with nothing. Because like most British game shows, it's... You win the money, or you leave with nothing. We don't have a budget to give you a consolation prize on this show. Welcome to Modern Game Shows. And then we have our fourth and final player, and they get to do it one more time. Rinse, repeat the same game over and over. Maybe it's me. I find it boring. It like Because this is a show that stretches to an hour. And the first half, the main game version of the chase is just, uh, here's a minute, answer as many questions as you can. Now let's go to the board game where you're playing the chase against the chaser. And now we're going to throw insults. And now here's like Fanny Schmeller, haha, because funny uh, jokes. The host of the game, by the way, is Bradley Walsh. Now, I'm going to go on and say that Bradley Walsh is a talented actor and a talented presenter. He hosted Wheel of Fortune at one point in the U.K. The Chase is the best game show he's ever hosted, and I will actually argue he's a really, really good uh, witty person to do the show. There's actually nothing wrong with him doing this because he kind of plays it up like uh, I'm on the side of the team. But I'm not afraid to talk to the chaser and be like the arbiter to say like, hey, you're being a little too hard. That's kind of his gig. And also, he has to read questions very fast because they're against the clock in the first minute. So it's like, oh, what is what is this? What city is the state capital of California, Sacramento? Correct. Who played uh, Impera Furiosa in the Mad Max Fury Road films? Charisse Theron. Correct. Uh, which popular musician is Jay-Z married to? Beyonce. Correct. Things And, and that's just the pop culture. Then you got to get to like, what 12th century uh, king ruled this country? I, I don't know. But well, apparently, people love those 12th century history questions and military history and wartime interest so much, so that that's the the show is, is is interesting in that regard too. And then you get back to your little like here it is. We're back to the multiple choice: uh, Alvin, Simon, or Theodore. Which of the three Chipmunks is typically seen wearing glasses? Who was the first celebrity winner of "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here"? They always go with the pop culture questions, because then they eventually have to go with like uh, sodium is what number on the periodic table. They it always it's it's all mixed bag. It's general knowledge plus pop culture, and if any of the four strangers in the team, uh. When they're respective chase, they go on to the final round. If for some reason there's two or more, well, they're going to have a big pink. So imagine someone won 6,000, someone won 8,000, someone won 12,000, and someone won 20,000. Well, therefore, you're playing for 36,000 pounds. Whoa, that's big money on the final round. In the event they all managed to screw up, the team gets to pick one person to be delegated as the main person to go to the final round anyway to have a second chance at redemption. Whatever that means. So, with big money on the line, like 12,000 pounds, or 23,000 pounds, or sometimes bigger, 110,000 pounds, we get to the actual good part of the show. The only good part about the show. The final chase is the final round based on the people who have made it to the final round. That will give them a head start of amount of quote unquote spaces ahead of the chaser. They are. So for instance, if one person, it's only one space. If it's all four, four spaces ahead of the chaser, they then have two minutes as a team to buzz in and give a correct answer To as many questions as you can. Similar to the cash builder, but double the time. And instead of playing for money, they're playing for spaces. These spaces are very crucial because every step is important in the race against the chaser. It's the final chase. Two minutes on the clock and speed questions begin right now. Which actress is currently playing the doctor on Doctor Who? Because Bradley Walsh is on Doctor Who. I will ask that question. Which liquor is the primary in a martini? You keep going from there. These questions aren't the most cerebral expert-level trivia questions. They're kind of scattered all across the, the sphere. So you'll get pop culture. You'll get history. You'll get TV. You'll get sports. You will get rules. You will get how many is in this? How many teaspoons in a tablespoon? What does kilo mean? etc etc and in two minutes they buzz in say their answer correct move if they're wrong no it's this and they still continue on because it's an ongoing two minutes to get as many as you can and that is the first half of the final round of the final chase so maybe you get 16 right got 16 steps 18 19 20 21 22 or even more who knows But that two minutes goes away very quickly. Now we get to the very intense part of the show, the part where I will say is the coolest part of the chase and why I kind of enjoy it a lot. It's the final chase. In this final round, whoever is the chaser, rather it's Anne or Mark or whoever, they get two minutes to answer as many questions as they can. For each correct answer, they move ahead one space. So you get it right, one. You get it right, two. You get it right, three. All they have to do is beat the amount of steps necessary to get ahead of the team in two minutes. So they could be getting nine questions in a row and get nine in like like 20 seconds, and you're just like, wait, what the hell's going on? because they're now going rapid-fire, rapid-fast, because you haven't seen the Chaser do a speed round on the show. So they're buzzing in. They're going, like, Alcatraz, uh, Tennessee Williams, uh, Bermuda Triangle, 180, and just keep fast going as quickly as they can going through these questions. In most episodes, you'll see them just get a good winning streak and get, like, 15 right until they eventually get that one wrong when the one question's wrong stop the clock we have one minute five seconds left to push the chaser back one space so going from 16 to 15 from three to two i will ask you the same question the chaser just got that they got wrong if you get it right you can push it back if not nothing happens the chaser will continue at one minute five (coughs) which then gets you the second biggest catchphrase of the show. And the time begins again now. All right. What popular dessert is associated with... And it just is this nonstop quiz, speed, which is always a spectacle to me. As much times as I hate the quiz show and I find the trivia questions and going through the process so tedious and boring that last five minutes, that final chase, really makes up for the remaining 40 minutes because you're seeing a chaser who is a trivia expert plow through trivia questions. And then when there's that one wrong answer, the look on their face is always like, wait, what? Or if it's a pass, like they're just going, oh, Jesus, I should have gotten that right. Oh. And when they're when the team gets a correct answer, you got him. It's it's now going from 14 to 13. You need to get 12 right in a minute for your time starts again. Now, what popular color is associated with this football? T- it, it just keeps going and going until that later. You see them go all the way to the finish line like they got to 24 questions and Beep, beep, beep. Oh, the chaser has caught you. Oh, I'm so sorry. And with the chaser catches them, that's right, the team bank is gone. They all leave with nothing. Oh, well. In the rare case where the chaser cannot get enough questions in time, the clock wears out, brum, brum, brum. celebratory music plays. You have beaten the chaser and are taking home Twenty-eight thousand pounds, which will be split evenly among each of the players. So, for instance, if it was like forty thousand, and there was four players, everyone gets ten thousand. Regardless, if the one player was the one that brought in twenty-five thousand, no, you're only getting ten thousand of the forty thousand. Sorry, not my fault. Everyone else played passively. So yeah, you you root for the team obviously to beat the chaser, but sometimes the chaser is really really good and has a really good streak, and their whole job is to basically just beat the players in in a trivia game. But when you see that streak happen, it is one of the greatest things in game shows. It is like, what? How do you how do you know all that in such short amount of time? In such a in a, like a quick fire fashion. That is bizarre. I think that is the appeal for The Chase. And I, I, I think that's why a lot of the game show fandom loves the show so much. Because it's like, it's the best UK game show. It's The Chase. because it's You can see this, it's trivia, but it's like there's a smart guy in The Final Chase. And, well. well, yeah, The Final Chase is really good. But to get to that Final Chase and do the board game and the speed, it's... I just fall asleep real easily on it. I find the chase when it comes to the trivia questions boring until you get to that final chase because when that happens, I'm leaning in front on my seat because I'm like, do they have it right? Will they get it right? Will this happen? Oh, no, that's wrong. Get it right. Get it right. Yes. Okay. They went from 13 to 12. That's good. Now I know what you're saying. Well, what happens if the chaser gets the first question wrong and they don't even have a step forward? Well, if the team gets it right, then they get to add a step to the goal, so twenty-four becomes twenty-five. The thing I really love about the chase is the set and the graphics package. And I figure I have to talk about that too. Well the final chase is the best round and honestly that's the only thing I like about the chase. The graphics package is phenomenal. Every like in the early seasons, it's a lot of flashy blues. And it tries to give the emphasis of movement, like speed, like you're being on the run, and everything around it is speedy lines in the background, so everything feels like a fast-paced trivia show. When you cut to the 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 entire set is a few podiums. It is it, one team podium. There's just one little screen, the V shape uh, board. Because it looks like an inverted pyramid going downward, uh, a little podium for the host, the chaser seat, and a little chair for the chaser to sit in, and a light strip, just a giant like light board, like something you would see in pro wrestling or in a sports stadium, and on that video screen is just when it's not in use in the final chase is just kind of just glistening effects to give that emphasis of movement but when it's used in the final chase to show how many steps you see one giant one then you see it's split and have to be two and it just creates this really cool division where eventually it's like either unlegible or you see 23 or 24 steps and then when you get to that final chase when when you will see like the governess answer as many questions as possible. The camera shots are really cool. Like let's peek through the two players and you'll see that number four lights up on the screen because that's their fourth correct answer. Let's do a focus pan to go from the team to the, ch- to the, uh, to the chaser and in this really cool zoom in shot. And I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. The chaser's looking at the screen to see how many steps they need. And it's like four It's an immediate whip focus to show four correct answers. And I think if it wasn't for those camera cuts and jib shots, it would just be still images. And that would be boring as hell because it's just a dark set with a few lights. It's minimal. It's a minimal set. And yet, even though it's a minimal set, something about it just screams great primetime game show because this airs pretty much around six seven o'clock at night making it the wheel of fortune jeopardy slot in most homes so they're going home they, they just finished their dinner let's watch the chase before we see our big primetime show i like the fact that the chasers on the show yeah they all have nicknames but they all have personalities but unlike other beat-the-expert kind of game shows like Ben Stein or Eggheads, these people kind of have to have a personality to stand out because they are the main stars of the show. Like the C.G. Moy guy from Eggheads is just this flamboyant personality, and I think like he was a precursor to a lot of Chaser, but a lot of Chasers have their own distinguished kind of character, if that makes sense. Uh, I hate to break down each of the various people, but like, uh, for instance, Mark Labette, uh, he wears black, he looks like a funeral director, he's the biggest, tallest guy in the world, he used to be a math teacher, which is why I respect him so much, and he used to do, he was on Millionaire, Uh, he was on University Challenge, and... The whole gimmick is he's the beast because he's this big, tall guy with this big, brutal force, and it's just I come to destroy you. And you're just like, oh shit! I'm f- like, I'm fu-. and he has to play this mean, distraught, like you're going down. But the fun thing about Mark LeBet is. In interviews and outside of it, because I have friends who've worked on the show, I'm sorry. Uh, he's like this this really charming, nice guy, like he, the flip opposite of the character you see on TV, where he's like, "I'm taking you down, and all your money will belong to me." He's in there going, "Like it's I know, like I understand, like it's heartbreaking to see all these people with good intentions for their money lose, but that's my job. I feel bad doing it sometimes, but you gotta do what you gotta do." And it's like, I mean, that's fun. Uh, Sean Wallace, who is a barrister, I think, in, in real life. Uh, he is uh, this bald black guy with glasses, just looking like a sourpuss most of the time. And he's a mastermind champion. His expertise is sports. That's how he he was a great, he won mastermind. So he's like a great person for that. Uh, and on the show he does do a lot of flop i think like if if you were going up against one chaser sean walsh will probably be the easiest to beat hi sean i don't know who gave you this episode it's on Haywall, but i i think you're the weakest but not like the weakest link because i i don't think i can beat you one-on-one i just think the best chance is through you um but he is like my f- i i like him Because Sean is the one where, I would say of all of them, he's the most charming of them. Of all the chasers, Sean is the one that will be charming. And everyone seems to ignore that on the show. Like, every single time I hear, like, on game show fandoms, like, who's your favorite chaser and why, blah, blah, blah. Everyone always goes, like, well, I like B or I like... And but it's like, but Sean is like, if and he's the he's actually really dry witted more than like even Paul. Like, if there is a piece of factoid, he's not just giving you the factoid; he's going to give like a, a slight pun or a nice little like chip to lighten the mood up. And it, to me, I think like that is like something that's really gone like ignored on the show. Is Sean is really smart is the smart-ass of the group, even though he's not supposed to be the smart-ass. He, he is, to me, like, the, the one that's like... I I would uh, I, I think he's like your friend. He's just your friend who's just really smart at stuff, and you're just like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I, I like Sean. Anne Haggerty is a friend to a lot of people in the game show world. Uh, she's the host of a few game shows as well, uh, including uh, the new game show, I think, Ameri- uh, Bryn's Brightest Family. She is also one of the chasers on the Australian Chaser uh, show. Her character is called the Governess. It used to be Frosty Knickers, but you know, we, we do we really want to talk about undergarments? But yeah, the Governess because she has the look of a headmaster or a principal at a school, like the 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 valedictorian. I think the governess is a fitting name for her because this is a voluptuous woman who obviously looks like she can beat you at a quiz and she does not give a shit. But at the same time, because Anne Haggerty is very, like, you got to think, like, there's not a lot of, like, when we look at experts in trivia, you never really hear about the women who are great at trivia. And Anne Haggerty is one of those perfect, like, faces for quiz. Because she is smart, but she's also very humble in the same time. And the the, the greatest thing about Anne Haggerty, besides just, A, being available to anyone, like, you say hi to her, she'll talk to you. She, I think of all the chasers, she's the one you, will, you can easily just, like, tweet at her or text. And most likely she would say hello to you if you're not a creepy weirdo. I'm not a creepy weirdo, as it turns out. And, uh... I remember there was a few people doing game show games and Ann Haggerty played, like, high rollers for, for charity. That was fun to me. I was like, I saw the someone who's on a big, popular ITV game show play a dice-rolling quiz show game from America. That's silly. Uh, and also, in the, the spare time, Ann Haggerty was on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And she... Uh, it was diagnosed with autism. So the, the, the fun part for me on The Chase is outside of The Chase, Ann Haggerty is a big advocate for autism inclusion. Not like autism speaks or any of that, because she is autistic herself, but she's like one of those faces where it, it's like it's okay to have autism. If your kid has it, it's not the end of the world. In fact, I could probably get along with them Cause I know a lot about stuff, and this is what, I want. and to me, that's a heartwarming thing in Haggerty doing a lot of advocacy, and I I still think like we don't even do that that often in America. We're still on the vaccines cause autism, and autism is bad. And here's Ann Haggerty, this lady who is like, I just cost you forty two thousand dollars because I got thirty questions right in a row, going like, look it. I I used to be really obsessed with this thing and this thing. And if your kid's obsessed with this thing, I might know a little bit about this. And it's okay. And as parent, it's it's warming. You just gotta own up to what they love and and just accept them for who they are. And it's just like, oh man, love you, Anne. What a great person. And Haggerty, a friend to the game show world. Uh, so Paul Sinha. Is the one I would say is is the one I would most love to chat with, because he is a a stand up comedian besides being a quiz guy. So he obviously knows how to be funny, timing, and and being like just going through writing jokes and breaking it down and being funny. And uh, Paulson, besides doing stand up comedy. Is the best at self-deprecating humor. I would like I would almost say like I can I, there's a lot of things I love about Paul Cinna to the point where it's like that guy could be like my best friend. <laughs> like that's my best friend chaser's Paul Cinna. Uh because he does self-deprecating jokes about how he's like lost a lot of game shows. Like he got eliminated on weakest link. He he lost in the first round on, on egg on you at Egghead. He got fourth place on Mastermind. He, like he never wins anything and he always has a smile on his face and jokes about it because on the chase he's the chaser and his gimmick is well everyone else is wearing like dark clothes now bears like for instance sean wallace he wears like a dark suit and there's like a little pocket square governess is almost like kind of grayest kind of like like plaid paul Sina is white it's always white in a black shirt underneath uh, trying to give off his stand-up comedy roots but at the same time smiling and then beating you in, in like all sorts of pop culture questions I, like he is dead on great at, at any at, like any questions I know he knows and that's why I'm like oof I do not want to go against Paul <laughs> and not only that he was a contestant on Taskmaster uh, a couple years ago and I thought that was very very funny so like he's the the face, I would say he's the face of the chase when he came to Taskmaster. Well, Richard Osman was the face of, well, pointless when they did Taskmaster. And Paul Sinna is is a really fun uh, person who does a lot of great jokes. He was a former doctor. so almost like Dr. Ken Jong, for instance, uh, except for I don't think Ken Jong would actually agree to be a chaser on the chase. And a lot of his material in standup is about his sexuality and he didn't really come out as gay until like a few years ago. And the only time people found out was because there was a question about Mario Kart and he said like, "Oh, my my ex-boyfriend was a huge fan of Mario Kart. That's how I knew that." Uh and then sad stuff happened. Last year he got diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Uh, but on the positive side, in December of that same year, he got married to his partner, Oliver, at the Mayfair Library in London, which is very fitting for him because it's a library of knowledge. I mean, he's a smart aleck. Come on. Jenny Ryan is the vixen, the vixen on the show, and she does a lot of modern quizzes like she was on Only Connect. She was on The Weakest Link. She has a lot of quiz shows. And her whole gimmick is that she wears winged glasses and has red hair and is staring at you meticulously looking like a librarian. Uh, but one fun fact about Jenny Ryan is she's also a very good singer and has performed on the X Factor Celebrity Edition and should have won. She should have fucking won the X Factor Celebrity Edition. It, it shouldn't have been Megan McKenna. should have been Jenny. Jesus. Ugh. Oh, well. Uh, But Jenny was the newest uh, Chaser uh, starting in 2015. Uh, She made her debut, became one of the recurring players. And now with those five, they create a spinoff show called Beat the Chasers where you, it's like a speed round version of the chase, and you have to go against them in a series of questions and a back-to-back chess clock, which I like more. But don't tell anybody that Beat the Chasers is a much better game show. I'll get to that in just a second. Dare is the newest one. I haven't seen him yet. He appeared as a contestant in 2017 and was really smart, so it makes sense. Uh, so Beat the Chasers, they took five it's a it's a quicker version of the chase a player has to answer five trivia questions for each one they get right a thousand pounds if they get one wrong the game ends if they get the first one wrong they're out and then they get to decide uh if they want to play against two for the base amount that they're playing for which is like five thousand or two thousand they want to play with, with with a time constraint, too. So it's like, uh, we'll only need 60 seconds or 50 seconds or 30 seconds. Or do they want to keep going with more time on their clock or and more money or less time and more money? It's always a fun little dilemma, which to me, I kind of like more. I like that little chess clock because the back and forth on that game actually feels like a big event. You might as well just make the final chase into the show. And that's what they did with Beat the Chasers. But you're against five experts instead of one. So it's a reversal of the chase where it's five randos versus the trivia expert. Now you're against five trivia experts and one person. That's to me, that's the fun one. I like that, that spinoff. So of course, because the chase was such a popular show on ITV and honestly, well known, well liked. Uh, it's been, uh, they've wanted to bring it to the States. Bob Bowden, former uh, GSN executive, a guy who put greed on Fox, saw Chase, got the rights through ITV to pitch the show to Fox, and Fox said, here's a, we'll do a pilot, and the pilot was okay, it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't suck, it was just the Chase, but with one less Chase person, it was just Beat the Beast, in with three contestants instead of four, So you just had three players do the same round, but instead of 1,000 pounds, it's $5,000. Meaning if you got seven right, that's $35,000. You got nine right, $45,000. Ten's 50000 Quick math. And then here comes the beast. Here comes Mark Labette. Now, in the alternate pilot of the show, uh, Bradley Walsh introduced Brad Rudder, Jeopardy champion, to the show, which I thought was very fun because Brad Rudder is not only one of the biggest winners in Jeopardy, besides Ken Jennings and James Holtzauer, but just as pre-James Holtzauer, Uh, he loves to do theater, so being the villain on a quiz show works for him. So the pilot did okay, but Fox said no thank you. So then Bob and a few people at ITV took the pilot, sent it over to Game Show Network, who at the time was in the middle of a... Image Crisis, as we as we I should probably say, like it was just it was bad. And they decided to pick it up. Brad Rutter was not the chaser, though. They got Mark LeBette, but they kept the format exactly the same as it was on Fox. Five thousand per correct answer. Uh, Three chase. It's three people versus one. Uh, head-to-head, same ra- same rules apply as like the classic chase. It's just one less person allowed in. So instead of four against one, it's three against one, which means it greatly reduces the chance of survival because you don't get four-step head start. You get three-step head start and the amount of trivia questions associated to, based on someone's knowledge to buzz in and give a correct answer. So you, you go from like a, a 50% to maybe like a 40% chance at winning. Anyway... Uh, so a few people who are in the game show world who have been uh, love The Chase decided to be contestants on The Chase. A lot of my friends ended up being writers and researchers on the show. Uh, and that was a really fun gig for them. And I'm proud of it because this was a really fun show. Uh, the first season was all pretty much Trivia Minds. And also, it was people who are big fans of the chase and understand the game, so a producer doesn't have to tell them. You gotta get the rights, runs on the on the cash build around. The more you get in a minute, uh, the better you are. No, uh, they just went in. I got six right. That's thirty thousand. All right. Well, here's the beast. Beast. If you go for, if you want to go one step forward, five thousand dollars. All right, but if you want to take a step closer to the Beast, they'll offer you $75,000. Wow, that's a lot of money. So on the American version of the show, the host and the pilot was, well, Bradley Walsh. But in the new version, it went to Brooke Burns. Brooke Burns was the host of shows like Dog Eat Dog, and uh, She Showed Up and You Deserve It and was the star of Baywatch. And I will say she's an okay host, but it was clear she was there not because she's the most, like, greatest question reader of all time. I think someone picked her because they literally just want to do Beauty and the Beast because she's a, a, a attractive woman as a host and Mark LeBette's nickname is The Beast. So they really just went Beauty and the Beast with Brooke. Of course, as the show would progress into season two, she would get really great at reading the questions, and this becomes very fast-paced. She's into it more. Instead of just, you got to go one step behind, She's now is absolved into the game where one step can make all the difference. Probably because she's been seeing so many games that she's now figured that out. And season two's chase was the best version of GSN's chase because you had people who were now familiar with the show. They had a bit of stunt casting in terms of trivia experts, like this is a so and so who has like two degrees, and so and so who has placed a hundred, and a guy by the name of James Holtzauer before he became famous appeared as a contestant on The Chase, I think, season two. I think season two. It could have been season three. But, of course, when it came to season three, that's when they decided to do all gimmicks. Because, like every American game show, it's fun while it lasted, but we need to have gimmicks to keep the viewership up. So here's a team of firefighters. Here's a team of detectives. The celebrity chase. But instead of celebrities with any ounce of intelligence who might work in documentaries, we got Dean Kane. Yeah, you can guess how that went. So uh, after a few, after I think four seasons of the chase, and they included a brand new twist called the super offer, where if someone played a, a really great round. Um, they could, uh, go for a super offer of like a hundred thousand or 150,000 and they have to make the run the board with no mistake. So instead of six correct answers, they need to do seven with seven being that if at any point they get it wrong and the beast gets it right, whoa, that's, whoa. I didn't know. I think it's seven and eight. They get, they have to move up the board. Oh, well, but the final chase on, on the GSN version is still a really, really good bonus round. Why? Because even though in the Britain land where it's like 20,000 pounds, you got to remember the rule of multiply by five because because th- that's how it is in America, like on Wipeout, 10,000 pounds versus 50,000 here. On, uh, on the chase, $5,000 versus 1,000 pounds means that you're seeing jackpots of like $130,000, $200,000. Like we're almost at quarter million dollars, which is GSN's most amount of money they can ever want to give away. They never want to give anything more than a quarter million dollars. I know this because of Minute to Win It. They, they really don't want to throw... Big bucks anywhere. Hundred thousand, they're kind of okay with once in a while. But this is an extended cable game show network, so you got to look at it in a way of they made fifty-one episodes. Of the fifty-one episodes, how many, how much money was offered in the team bank versus how much was won, and can it be roughly three thousand dollars or two thousand dollars? <laughs> which I will spoil, no. No, it's not. Even with you doubled it to be $4,000 uh, per episode in the prize budget, it's, it still wasn't. It's a very prize-budget-heavy show, and Game Show Network cannot afford The Chase. A lot of people in the game show fandom love The Chase. I still find the first half boring, but I still love the final half. Because that final chase is the selling point for me in the show. However, uh, the show would end up ending on GSN uh, for a multitude of reasons. Even though it was at one point the most watched game show in GSN history, even more than the American Bible Challenge, uh, it ended up fizzling out. Why? G.S.N. didn't really promote the show. It was kind of at weird times. It was like, Fridays at 8. It's the chase. Well, who's around Fridays at 8 to watch the game show? Shouldn't it be Mondays at 8? Shouldn't it be Sundays at 8? Like, you should make it an event to watch the show. And then when they did a repeat of the episode, it was always, like, at a weird hour that the viewership did not sell the show. Remember, to, a game show... Yes, it's it's all product placement. When, it, when we're talking about cash, to recoup to regroup that cash, they need to make sure the viewership is there so that advertisers can pay enough money to the network that they can recoup the lost. That that that's all a game show does. And the Chase didn't have that, I think. And I think that's what probably didn't. Plus a lot of the gimmicks. So they, they kind of felt like, well, we have The Chase, but we have Idiot Test, and we have all these game shows, and this game show, and that game show. And I think the problem was that GSN can't sell The Chase. The Chase is not their game show. The Chase is an ITV game show that they bought. So in the newest GSN gsn wants to create shows created by gsn for gsn that plays by algorithm of what a game show is so if you're doing the chase you're gonna do a best ever trivia show or masterminds as it's now called or a common knowledge or america says or give me a clue it's something that is familiar in terms of a gameplay but not in terms of the show so you can't i so masterminds is sort of a chase knockoff because here's trivia experts like ken jennings on but it's not the chase because there's no answers many questions as you can in 60 seconds round and high stakes trivia it's more light-hearted fun because it's gsn gsn has become passive well gs well the chase is high stakes it's a high-stakes game show now. If you're throwing $100,000 in an episode, it's going to be winner-take-all, and that is the selling point in the American version. So it leads me to this. The show ended, I believe, in 2015, right when Jenny Ryan started on the, on the chase, and it got me thinking, like, I bet if they brought it back, they would have had different chasers. And as it turns out, ABC is in development of a chase revival, as in the network that gave us 100000 Dollar pyramids, supermarket sweep, car trucks, press your luck. ABC is game show lovers' favorite channel now at this point. Disney has decided, we're just going to go all in on game shows, well, I, and I'm Pretty sure they're just Googling what are the game shows people love and they're talking about. At one point, someone said the Chase and ABC looked into it and they're bringing it back. My guess of as to why they're bringing back the Chase is because they want to make it an event show. This is my prediction: they want to make it an event show, like six, seven nights, and that's it. And they want to make it a quiz show because Jeopardy greatest of all time tournament was earlier this year in January. And that did very well because you had all of these minds in Jeopardy playing Jeopardy in prime time. So you had Ken Jennings, Brad Rutter, James Holtzauer answering trivia questions to win the million dollars. I don't think they're going to give away a million dollars on their show. I think they're just going to point and click and make it exactly like the GSN version. Nothing's changed other than the chaser and maybe the host and maybe a bit of the set. They're going to try and make it brighter, but darker. They're going to have lighting cues. They're going to be COVID friendly because you don't have to do an audience on the chase. There is no audience on the chase except for in celebrity episodes. So you get rid of the audience. You just keep the teams and then you just get two American chasers or three American chasers or, and if this is going to be an event television show, you can get Brad runner because he's already done the show before you can get James Holzhauer. Cause he's already been a contestant on the chase and maybe you can get Ken Jennings. I don't think Ken Jennings will be on the show because of his agreement with GSN, but stranger things have happened. So if I was betting money right now on the table, six episode run and each of those three from the from the jeopardy tournament champions a james brad and ken each get two episodes so two with ken two with brad two with james and it's just the chase and it's just gonna be like it's you against brad runner for one hundred thirty thousand dollars right after this and the, the problem is that's how you would do the chase that's how I would do the chase. I would try and truncate this as much as possible to speed up the format. If anything, I would speed up the format. Uh, if I was a guy, I would make it six act structure. I would make it a six act show and make it so it's thirty seconds at five thousand. You get three right, you get you get the money uh otherwise like i would try and make limit the amount of questions not because oh questions are tough to write because i want to make sure there's four i want to get to four not three if that makes sense because when it's four and they're all in individual like act breaks act one is contestant one act two is contestant two act three is contestant three act four is contestant four act five is final chase with the contestants final act is the final chase with the chaser that's your six act structure so how do you condense the chase a show that's stretched out for three four five minutes because this is an hour-long game show into uh like five minutes four minutes so you just do a quick profile 30 second speed round three questions two questions four questions uh, and you're at five. Like, it's a five, it's a mini board uh, to get through. And then you make the final chase, the winner-take-all, whatever. Because that way, you can speed through five questions instead of three. You can have the big money reward, uh, but it still retains its original chase. You just saved yourself two minutes, three minutes, of extra questions, so you, you you make the stakes a little faster, but the money is still there as you do the final chase with two minutes and and you keep that the same. To me, the final chase is what you need to keep. You need to speed up the other two formats. And I think having a team of four is the real selling point versus a team of three. But maybe, I don't know, maybe they want to keep the three format. I hate that the team of three because it, it doesn't do a good six act structure unless you're going to do a uh, cash builder uh what are you are gonna do and you just speed and you just keep f- f- filling that round until you complete it and you do that again for the second team and then you cut in the middle of a round and we'll see what they do after this which I don't think deserves a, a cut to commercial. It, it needs to be a just finish up each round, make every act its own separate game. That's what needs to be done with the chase, and I think it has potential on ABC. I don't have my faith that it will last more than that first season, but Stranger Things have happened, who knows this could be that big quiz show event that ABC has wanted that millionaire kinda had with the celebrities, but they could always fuck this up and make it all celebrity editions. You, you don't know. You don't know. It it's do you really want to see Andy Cohen on the chase? In conclusion, because there's an Australian version, an Australian version has the best host. I should point this out as, as, as before we sign off. The Australian version of The Chase, because this is played all around the world now. There's a, there's a Croatian version, there's a Russian version, but it has my favorite host, uh, Andrew O'Keefe. Andrew O'Keefe did Deal or No Deal, but on this show, on, on The Chase Australia, it's 2000 Australian dollars, and it's Monday through Friday, and... What he does is he speed, he does like the speed questions, but he always does hand gestures and points and, and finger guns and jazz hands, and it's just, to me, that's so beautiful on the show. And they have their own experts, too, not just Anne Haggerty and Mark LeBette. They, they had, uh, and Sean Wall. they got like three guest chasers, but like Matt Parkinson and and uh what's his name, Bryden? Bryden is, like, this really smart person, and he's, like, a game show, like... To me, he's nicknamed the Shaq. He's the Shaq. But, like, that that guy is one of my favorite chasers in general because, to me, he is the epitome of game show contestant. He's been on Deal or No Deal. He's been on Wheel of Fortune. He's been on more than just quiz shows. So when I see Bryden on, even though he's the Shaq... I think of just like game show contested. I don't think ever like this is the mean bad guy, and to me, I think that's something that's missing on every one of these versions is more hum- humanity into the into the into the chasers, as it were. Um, but ultimately, don't tell anybody this. When it comes to the chase versus pointless, I'm on team pointless. And I'll explain why in that episode. But when it comes to winning money and it comes to a dramatic finale, the final chase has pointless beat. That's going to do it for this bonus episode of Game Shows, I suppose. Until next time. Can you beat the chaser? I Probably not. But, but big smooch. Thank you. Mwah. <laughs>